Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, you guys, we are headed back into the back to school swing of things. It's August and I'm sure you are starting to think of, you know, different things that you can do this year um, to really build like a positive classroom culture environment. Um, We know that classroom behavior was such a big point of contention and an issue last year for so many teachers um, that you know, I know that this is going to be at the forefront of people's, of teachers' minds as we head into the school year. So we want to share, um, three activities to help you build classroom culture, uh, that I think really helps create that environment, that safe environment for students. Um, and kind of like that, that team camaraderie, you know, like we're all in this together type thing, you know? Um, and I love that at a new school year, I don't know about you, but it's like, there are always so many possibilities. It's just like this fresh, new start. And I know so many teachers are determined and possibly you listening to this, that this is going to be your best year yet. This great group of students is coming in. You're going to do fun activities. You're going to see lots of growth, growth with your kids, you know, that fresh perspective and mindset as we did a lot of mindset work this summer on the podcast. So hopefully you've been listening. If you haven't definitely go back and listen to those episodes. Um, and you probably know the importance of setting up a strong classroom culture, right? As a teacher, that's something that we just know is extremely important and showing your students that, you know, they are safe in your classroom, that we have a, you have a welcoming community and that's all going to determine how your students perform academically, you know, how they're going to participate, how they're going to behave. Are they going to have fun? Are they going to learn? Are they going to grow? It's that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Until we, we can't get to the top unless the bottom's taken care of first. And so building classroom culture is not simply doing an activity just one time where students bond and then like, Oh, that's it. Got it done. No, like it really takes this keen awareness of just the vibe, the energy of your class and an active intention on your part to really maintain and nurture that classroom culture. So the three activities that we're going to walk you through today are not just a one and done thing at all. As we read through them, I want you to notice how they are meant to be revisited multiple times throughout the year very much like the standards, right? We can't just one and done and move on. Classroom culture is the same in that regard. It's going to be repeated throughout the year. So even if you're just doing um, a few minutes every single day, right? With one of these activities. Um, So let's go ahead and dive into the three activities. Let's do it. Okay, activity number one. So this is creating a class contract for the year. And maybe you've done this before, right? I mean, we've definitely seen blog posts, resources all about class contracts. So maybe you've done this, but we're going to put a little spin on it, but where your students come up with some ground rules for acceptable behavior during class, right? So let's go a little deeper though. With this activity, it starts with an independent student reflection that answers the overarching question. How will I be in this class? 
So students are asking themselves that question, or you're asking students that question, and then they write down answers to it and they let you know, how do they learn best? Where do they learn best? Is it in the front of the room, the back of the room, in a group setting, sitting by themselves? What do they want to learn that year? Is there something they're really excited to do in your class because they've heard about it from other students, maybe who've been building it up? How do they feel respected and safe? So you're asking them and they're giving you that information. That's huge because no student is just going to, you know, raise their hand and say, you know, here's how I feel respected and safe. You have to give them the opportunity to share that with you in a safe way. So after, you know, they've done this independently and they've gotten kind of some ideas going, then they move into small groups and they create a group reflection. So now they work together with, you know, three or four other students and they discuss their answers that they're comfortable with from that independent reflection. And then they add them to like a graphic organizer. So what you would do is you would give your students four different squares and basically they're taking notes on what a physically safe classroom looks like, sounds like, and feels like, what an emotionally safe classroom looks like, sounds like, and feels like, what a respectful classroom looks like, sounds like, and feels like, and then what a productive classroom looks like, sounds like, and feels like. So they're all giving their input, jotting down bullet points about those things. And what you're going to notice is their discussion is going to flow a lot better and it's going to go beyond surface level because of that independent reflection that students completed previously. So it's a step you don't want to skip. So after each group works on that graphic organizer, then you have all the groups come together as a whole class and you start drafting your class contract. And it's based on what they talked about in their small group discussions. So it works really well if you have a template to use for your class contract, it just keeps things organized. So here's an example of like what one section might look like in that. So it might say, we agree to keep our classroom productive. Examples of how we can do this include, but are not limited to, and then students just start listing the ideas they came up with from their small group discussions. And you're going to have a whole bunch, right? Because lots of different discussions took place. And then as a class, you can agree on the ones that make the most sense or kind of combine students' ideas. So after you've drafted your whole class contract, then, you know, you type it up for the class and have everyone sign it. And I think this is key. It's not just the students that are signing it and you're signing it but also parents and guardians, if you're okay doing that. I think this is big because it allows them to see, okay, these are what the expectations are in this classroom. And I'm going to hold my child to those expectations as well. So you're all on the same page together, working in conjunction. And then this classroom contract can be hung up in class. You can make copies for students to put in their binders. If you use binders in class, you can review it once a week or once a month or however you choose to build it into your classroom culture to make it a central component of your class. And this is what Caitlin was talking about earlier. This is not just like a one and done thing. Oh, great. We, you know, we made a classroom contract. Great. Check that off the list. I've built classroom culture. No, we need to refer to it consistently throughout the year, not just when there's a behavior issue. And then you go up, oh, let's go back to our classroom mm -hmm. contract. No, you're, you're being proactive with it and talking about it and referring to it. So it just becomes the norm and the expectation in your class. Totally. Um, activity number two is a 
real game changer for building classroom connections and developing and maintaining a positive classroom culture. And I think it's a really intentional way for your students to build connections with each other, to see like who is like they are, who has similar interests. Um, what do, what do you have in common? Right. Um, cause when we have a deep connection, deep, meaningful connection with others, sometimes that stems from like the simplest little, uh, thing that we can attach to and identify with. Um, so this is an activity that you would do every single day, but don't worry. It's literally like, it takes a moment. It's not a like 10, 15 minute thing by any means. Um, in fact, you were not even going to spend any extra class time on this at all, because it is going to occur during a task that you do anyways. <laughs> so it's really simple. Um, and that's taking attendance. We do that every single day, unless you're me and you forget and the front office calls you every day. <laughs> um, and you remind one of your students, you're in charge of reminding me to do attendance and then they forget it was, it's a whole thing. Like it's a whole thing for me. I am just so struggle with that for whatever reason. Okay. So basically with this activity, you are going to use 180 quick attendance questions that can be completely random or more specific to your school, your students' interests, or even taking place at your school, like events that might be taking place at your school. So you can also add questions related to specific projects that you're doing or that you've done in class or questions related to a novel that students are going to read or are currently creating, uh, currently reading rather. And you can even ask your students to help you come up with these attendance questions. Like at the beginning of the year, have them all put them in a hat and you take them and type them up into a document or even have one of your students type it up and put it into a document for you. Um, so you will need to explain the attendance procedure probably the first few times that you use it, but soon it becomes just classroom routine and it's something that gets done very quickly. So on the first day of class or whenever you choose to use this classroom culture building idea, you're going to explain to your students that I'm going to ask you a question and you are going to take just a moment to think of your response. So you write that question on the board as a teacher and you're going to read it out loud. An example might be something like, which is better ice cream or cookies. Okay ice cream. Um, next, <laughs> next, then you're going to explain to your students. You will see that in this class, we normally give our reasons and back our reasons up with evidence and explanation, right? Cause you are, you know, an EBW believer. <laughs> you believe in evidence-based content. So however, with attendance questions, your students are not going to explain their response. They're just going to say it. So you'll tell them to say the response. So then you will say to them, now I'm going to call out your names for attendance. Instead of saying here, you're just going to say your answer to the question based on your opinion. So you'll take attendance in this manner. And at the end, you will give your own response to the question, which allows you to build connection and be a part of it as a teacher. So each day you will continue that process. And for our building classroom culture issue in our EB teachers club, um, EB teachers, you have access to all of the activities from the episode. And we have the 180 questions in there for you that Patricia, our curriculum creator came up with, and they are great. She actually sourced a lot of them from us too. She's like, mm -hmm. what other questions could we ask them? Um, so the whole team actually got to participate in it, which is fun. Many of the questions are lighthearted, like the cookie ice cream example. But as the year goes on, the questions encourage students to dig deeper into their goals to their emotions and to their values. Right. And we recommend that each morning you write the attendance question on the board. So students can think about it as they come into your room. You may also want to change your attendance order from time to time. So the same students don't always have to go first, uh, which I think is important and two minutes each day to do an attendance question is well worth the time to foster relationships and form connections. And this can also be a huge part of your classroom management strategy. If you use our 15 minute classroom management strategy, shared a YouTube video or two YouTube videos on it. 
um, that this all ties together. You write that question on the board. It ties directly into them getting seconds towards their time. Um, so I think it's really helpful in that regard. So if you're a believer in that, bring this into it as well. Cool. Okay. The third classroom culture building activity, it's a game because we are big on games at EB and we're always incorporating them into our lessons and helping students master the standards with them. But this game that we're going to walk you through right now, it's meant to just be pure fun, right? There's no grade attached to it, but the bonus is that it helps you develop your classroom culture while encouraging your students to collaborate, communicate, and then participate. So it's a great start of the year activity or the beginning of a new semester, or if you just need a breather because your class is going, you know, nuts and they're wild. You're like, okay, we need to just reel it in and like connect together again. Um, so you can use this anytime throughout the year and it's meant or it's not meant, sorry, to be played just one time and you're done with it. So you do this activity and then a few weeks or a few months go by, do it again and see if students improve on it. You'll see there's like a competitive nature to it. So they might want to try it again and see how they've improved. Did they collaborate more? Did they participate more, et cetera. Um, and this exact game that I'm going to walk you through is included in that monthly issue for EB teachers that Caitlin mentioned, or you can create this on your own. So I'm going to go through it step-by-step, step, but if you need to just pause it, listen to this again, if you want to set it up in your classroom and I'll ask any clarifying questions, yes, okay. please do. Okay. So this game is called hot cocoa river. Okay. And in order to play, you're going to need painter's tape. It's that blue tape just comes off easily. Right. And then a bunch of pieces of paper that you're going to pretend are marshmallows. So just like printer paper. I do recommend though, that you laminate the printer paper so you can just use this again for future games. Cause you are going to play it more than once. So what you'll do is you're going to create a river by laying out two pieces of painter's tape parallel to each other, and they should run the length of your classroom or at least as long as your playing area. So this is the important part. Your river that you're making should be wide enough so that students should need to take at least seven long strides to get from one side to the other. So when you really start to think about that, that's pretty wide and you might not be able to do this in your classroom, depending on desks and your, you know, your, your, uh, like going setup. to the multi-purpose building exactly. or something. So you might either split your class in half outside. and play two games at the same time, or go outside, go to the cafeteria, wherever you can go to make sure that you have a pretty wide river because students, um, are going to be like hopping across the river and it's going to defeat the challenge of the game. If it's like too narrow anyway. Okay. So here we're going to do how students are going to play. So what you're going to do is tell your students, you're going to get like into character and get really animated and say, whoa, wasn't that a wild storm we had last night? And they're like, what are you talking about? You say, like, <laughs> it rained hot cocoa. And there, there was this big flood and it caused a river of steaming hot chocolate to run through the classroom. But fortunately, a hailstorm of marshmallows followed the rain. And you have to use those to get across. And at first they probably are going to be like, oh my gosh, this sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but Hey, it's fun. They're not, you know, sitting there doing a grammar worksheet. So they'll start to buy into this. And I think too, like the more you get into it and are really silly with it as a teacher, the better, you 100%. know, just being just silly, I think with them. And if I was doing this in the classroom, you better believe I would have like marshmallows in there or some hot chocolate, like you can have fun with it, but you don't need to. So anyway, You'll tell your students, okay, well, how are you going to get across the river with communication? Of course. So here's how it works. The objective of the activity is for every student to cross this delicious, but dangerous river. And in order to do this, they need to strategize and work as a team. 
So of course it's not going to be just as simple as, you know, I'm going to swim across the river. No, the river is really hot. It's hot chocolate, right? So there are rules for crossing that river. So first all students will begin on the same side of the river. So on one side of that blue painter's tape, they can't go around the river. So even if like your tape ends, they need to imagine that the river is still going. Okay. So they can use those marshmallows, that paper to cross, but there's a catch. So you're holding on to, you know, just a bunch of sheets of that laminated printer paper and you hand a student two pieces of paper and they're the student who starts. So I might give Caitlin two marshmallows and she gets to start. So Caitlin is now in the river. She can put a marshmallow on the ground and she can stand on it. And then one by one, as other students come up, I would give them marshmallows as well. So it's the student's job to place the marshmallows. The teacher is just handing them to the students. Okay. So the river, this current in the river is very strong and marshmallows are going to float away if someone's not standing on them. So you can't allow a marshmallow to remain in the river, even for a moment without someone's foot or hand on it. So if there is a white piece of paper between the blue painter's tape, someone needs to be on it somehow. The marshmallows also soak up that hot chocolate in the river and they become too heavy to move. So once you place a marshmallow in the river, it has to stay in that location. And then you let students play. They have to, all of them get across the river, stepping on the marshmallows, but a marshmallow can never be left by itself and you can never move it again. So it makes it challenging and they have to start communicating with one another. And it's not just like this physical game. I mean, it is, but it's more so about their strategy and talking to each other. So once all the students have crossed the river, then you pass out a little reflection and give them about five minutes to fill it out. What strategy did they use? How did they communicate in order to achieve that goal? And you remind the students that, yes, this game is fun, right? But the skills that they're using are most important. And that's the collaboration, the cooperation, the participation. And those are vital in an effective classroom community. And so you can see how, you know, you do this activity once. And then if you revisit it later on, students are going to get better at communicating with one another and they're going to get across the river more effectively. So they'll have be improving that collaboration and that cooperation. I'm going through my head. I'm like, okay, how would I do that? How would you do it? It'd be fun, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm and not sure the answer to the question. Celebrate with hot chocolate, which we both love. <laughs> we both love. I'm glad it's a hot chocolate river and not a coffee river. Totally. <laughs> um, so we hope these three activities inspire you to try them out in your classroom as just one part of building and maintaining a positive classroom culture as we head into a new year um, and really ensuring that students have a safe place, that you have a safe place as a teacher um, as well. And if you're not an EB Teachers Club member yet and you'd like to be, uh, we'd love to have you join us. You can add your name to our priority list, like I mentioned before the beginning of this episode. You go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership, and then we'll let you know when we are open for new teachers. All right, you guys have a great week. Get excited as we head back into a new school year and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye everyone. Bye everybody.